Yes, it is. And welcome back. Thursday, February 3rd, 2022. You, me, we have talked about news items that in normal times and in a normal country would have been stories of the year. The president guaranteeing everyone who wanted out of Afghanistan would get out. The numbers of Americans in Afghanistan, the numbers of Americans left behind, the idea the president could call the exit from Afghanistan an extraordinary success as the Taliban took over immediately upon our departure, though he said he didn't think they would or could, or calling it such a success when 13 U.S. soldiers were killed by the enemy we turned the country back to. We could talk about Anthony Fauci admitting to lying about herd immunity. We could talk about the whiplashing information about the vaccines Exemplate gratia that they would keep you from getting COVID or spreading COVID or that they would allow you to take your masks off. We could talk about masks and how long it took for the cloth masks still being sold at NPR to be ruled inefficacious. We could talk about the vaccine mandates that were a first in our history and have been held unconstitutional and that Supreme Court justices threw out numbers and oral argument on that case, misstating facts by factors of tens of thousands. We could talk about the mandate for one of three vaccines for a year only to learn of those vaccines. One of those vaccines was no longer to be recommended because of A, efficacy, and B, adverse effects. We could talk about the censorship for suggesting the Wuhan Virology Lab was the ideology ideology of COVID rather than a wet market or a pangolin. We could talk about how studies at the Wuhan lab were funded in part by taxpayer dollars here. We could talk about all the mental health effects that are being realized now, though we were censored and told to shut up about all that when we were prescient on the matter. We could ask why, if social and emotional learning is the new pedagogy of our age, why the social and emotional effects from COVID on our children, COVID responses on our children were to be ignored when they were the first and most obvious problems having to do with social and emotional learning, or how school closures affected actual traditional learning. We talk about the studies on therapeutics that have been ignored and dismissed because the government wanted only one therapeutic, the regnant two vaccines. We, t- we could talk about the hoarding and refusal to dispense ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, clen- hydroxychloroquine or monoclonal antibodies. And now what I fear is another massive story that should be the equivalent of the General Sherman sequoia tree falling in a forest that no media will cover. And so a tree falling and taking out an entire forest just becomes no news at all. The story comes out of a Johns Hopkins study released yesterday. Now, I pause on Johns Hopkins because that is the institution the left loves to quote, cite to, and redound to. I have no real problem with that. I've used their data and numbers before as well. I'm not sure why the left liked or likes Johns Hopkins so much, but perhaps it's just because it's a nonpartisan outside government institution with a decent reputation. Well, Johns Hopkins scholars put out a new study, and I'm not seeing the left or Democrats cite to it. Indeed, Johns Hopkins itself didn't even put out a press release on it. But it is a game changer. It is an earthquake. It should be the story of the year, if not the story of the last two years. I'll give you a small conclusion of mine. We saved 1,800 lives from COVID deaths in order to lose 20,000 lives to drug overdose deaths. I've read the study. 
It's technical, but let me give you the rundown from a few different newspapers. Economists at the college, Johns Hopkins, carried out a meta-analysis and found that restrictions imposed in the spring of 2020, including stay-at-home orders, compulsory masks, and social distancing, only reduced COVID mortality by 0.2%. Not 2%, 0.2%. They warned that lockdowns caused quote, enormous economic and social costs and concluded that they were ill-founded and should be rejected as a pandemic policy instrument going forward. To repeat, the study found that lockdowns imposed in many U.S. cities in the spring of 2020 led to a reduction of COVID deaths by 0.2%. We're talking 1,800 lives. While this meta-analysis concluded that lockdowns had little to no public health effects, they have imposed enormous economic and social costs where they were adopted, the researchers wrote. Quote, in consequence, lockdown policies were ill-founded and found little evidence that in Europe or the United States there was any noticeable effect on COVID-19 mortality rates. Close quote. Pause on that a moment. And think about all the opposition to those who opposed lockdown measures and all that was said about them. Just pause on that. Little to no evidence that mandated lockdowns in Europe and the United States had a noticeable effect on COVID-19 mortality rates. The researchers concluded that limited gatherings may have actually increased COVID-19 mortality. Quote, shelter-in-place orders may isolate an infected person at home with his or her family where he or she risks infecting family members with a higher viral load, causing more severe illness, the researchers wrote. But often, lockdowns have limited people's access to safe places outdoors, such as beaches, parks, zoos, the gym, or included outdoor mask mandates or strict outdoor gathering restrictions, pushing people to meet at less safe indoor places, close quote. The researchers also examined studies that focused on specific lockdown measures and found that the only intervention that reduced COVID-19 mortality was the closure of non-essential businesses, which reduced mortality by 10 percent. But this effect was likely driven by the closure of bars. Researchers also pointed out other unintended consequences of lockdowns, such as rising unemployment, reduced schooling, an increase in domestic violence, and surging drug overdoses. From May 2020 to April 2021, the U.S. recorded 100,306 drug overdose deaths, a nearly 30 percent increase from those recorded in the previous 12-month period, according to CDC data. Got that? Got that. A study from the National Commission on COVID-19 and Criminal Justice last year found that domestic violence incidents increased by 8.1% in the U.S. after lockdown orders were issued. About 97% of U.S. teachers said that their students have experienced learning loss during the coronavirus pandemic, according to a Horace Mann survey last year. The unemployment rate peaked nationwide at 14.8% in April 2020, but declined to 3.9% in December, which is still slightly higher than the 3.5% rate it was in February of 2020. In other words, we're not back yet. Quote, these costs to society must be compared to the benefits of lockdowns, which our meta-analysis has shown are marginal at best, close quote, 
the researchers wrote in their study, quote, such a standard benefit cost calculation leads to a strong conclusion. Lockdowns should be rejected out of hand as a pandemic policy instrument, close quote. I don't know how to count how many pieces of criticism I got and others in our league got for questioning and condemning these policies throughout the year 2020. And yes, it includes mask mandates. But you know, go ahead, censor Liebson, censor Bennett, censor Prager, censor McDonald, censor Atlas, censor Bataria, censor Joe Rogan, and a handful of others in 2020 so that you can save these 1,800 souls and ruin society for that as well while increasing the deaths from other causes, all of which were predicted. They were predicted by me. They were predicted by the Surgeon General. They were predicted by Prager. They were predicted by MacDonald. They were predicted by Atlas. They were predicted by Eleanor McCants Katz. They were predicted. And as fast as they were predicted, they were taken off the web. They were taken off YouTube. They were censored. And you see the censors still wringing their hands on this, trying to figure out what to do with a problem like Joe Rogan. What is the problem of Joe Rogan? That he's popular. That's the problem. Why do you think he's popular? Could it be that in the main, it's because he was right and the governments and the left in the main have been wrong? There will be no apologies. There will be no self-reflection. There will be just probably a new variant and a new crisis and a new lily pad we're supposed to jump to as the left and the rest of the Democratic Party thinks they were the enlightened folks and we were the troglodytes. Churchill had that problem in his day, too. That's why he called World War II the unnecessary war, because it didn't have to happen. And perhaps why today we should call all the lost lives to depression and drug use and unemployment and all the lost learning in school and all the emergency department admissions for suicide and the increased rate of suicide so very, very unnecessary. And this is why Ronald Reagan was right to say he feared tyranny here in this country in his day because, as he said, it can only come from the government and no government is immune. Well, yes, the government and the left, and those who chose fear over rationality. I'm Seth Liebson coming to you live from the Guns Etc. Studios, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Gold has been used as money for nearly 3,000 years. Today, gold remains a common-sense investment that's simple and straightforward. You don't need a pushy commission salesperson, salesperson to tell you why you should buy gold. You already know about it. You already want it. All you need is a reputable dealer with advice based on experience and a complete range of bullion and coins so you get what you want at the best value. Midas Gold Group. They're veteran-owned and proud supporters of America First and my show right here on 960 The Patriot, which means they're also supporters of you. They're fighting for your right not only to speak, listen, and learn, but to financial privacy 
the very financial privacy that they and gold offers. Trust the dealer that I, Seb Gorka, and thousands of our listeners know and trust, and that's Midas Gold Group. Visit them in person at 625 West Deer Valley Road in Phoenix or give them a call at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000 or visit them online at MidasGoldGroup.com. Yes, as I said about that Johns Hopkins study, it also talks about masks. But I'm wondering if bark on a lot of trees is coming down with regard to masks. It will only do so once the kinds of studies we are reporting to you here become accepted and acceptable to CNN and MSNBC. We know – We know that we're not going to get any hope from the White House. Do you find it curious that every single time Jen Psaki is asked a question, she has to look down to her notes and shuffle to the talking points that she's reading when she answers those questions? Do you not find that a little bit interesting? Do you not find that you sometimes live in a burlesque of a thinking country? burlesque of a country based on reason and rationality and just conversation, if not common sense. Do you ever wonder about that? Our friends over at Issues and Insights write, allegations that masks work and don't cause harm have been enforced by governments and corporations around the world for more than 18 months through, and they identify a bunch of these, arrests, firings, censorship, fines, and the denial of access to schools, stores, hospitals, streets, and other public places. This has made it virtually impossible for many people to live without complying with mask mandates. But in recent weeks, more and more medical scholars and media outlets are coming to terms, grips, with facts about masks that have been documented for more than a year and painstakingly compiled by one organization in a September 2021 article sourced with more than 50 peer-reviewed science journals showing their inefficacy. Did you know that? Did you know there were a minimum of 50 peer-reviewed science journals compiled last year showing the inefficacy of masks? Dr. Vinay Prasad professor of epidemiology at the University of California, wrote an article that examines the scientific evidence from asking children, speak just about children for a moment, concluding, and I'm quoting him, most of the masks worn by most kids for most of the pandemic have likely done nothing to change the velocity or the trajectory of the virus. There are downsides to face coverings for pupils and students, including detrimental impacts on communication in the classroom. Masking is now little more than an appealing delusion. Decisions to mask school children are ignorant, cruel, fearful, and cowardly. Close quote. You send your kid to a school where they still require masks, give them this study and ask which science you are supposed to follow and why they can't follow the science coming out of the University of California. Why is that less scientific than whatever the overlords at the school your kid goes to? is supposed to follow. Dr. Chad Roy, who specializes in airborne infectious diseases at Tulane University School of Medicine. Pretty good, right? Tulane? Tulane University School of Medicine? 
he he is on record saying, quote, cloth and surgical masks do absolutely nothing for protection from ambient virus. All the song and dance of wearing cloth masks with some presumption that you're being protected from ambient virus is completely and positively 100 percent counter to how masks and respirators work. Close quote. We have an article in The Atlantic from Dr. Marjorie Smelkinson from the National Institutes of Health saying much the same thing. Pause. I can go on and on with these statistics. Pause a moment. Pause a moment because we still force ourselves to go through these exquisite rituals of essential meaninglessness, don't we? You saw the mayor of Los Angeles get in trouble for taking a photo without a mask with one of his athletic superheroes. And he says what? What does he say? I wore a mask the entire game. It's just for when I took the photo, I removed my mask as I typically do and hold my breath. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. When these politicians, political leaders are caught without masks, whether it's AOC partying it up in Florida or whether it's Gavin Newsom, governor of California, or whether it's Eric Garcetti in Los Angeles, or any of them, whether it's Whitmer in Michigan, when they're not wearing masks and are caught with a photograph and then issue their regret, this is not hypocrisy, folks. It's not hypocrisy. It's not one rule for thee and one rule for me. I mean, that is a part of it, but that's not the main part of it. The main part of it is their tell, their melding of their hand, their show. What is it? It's that they don't believe what they're telling you. They don't believe what they're telling you, that they are forced to say or feel they should comply in saying the thing that they're supposed to, but that they themselves don't believe it. If they believed it, they would not put themselves at the risk that they say you are putting yourselves at by not complying and following their rules, their policies, their procedures. They're happy to do it. We were told this was life and death. We were told this was health versus sickness. And when they tell you it's life or death or health versus sickness and then don't take the measure they're telling you you have to take for life and death and health and sickness, means not even they believe it. That's what it shows. And if they don't believe it, I have no idea why you should. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Those are the fingers of Lee Rittenauer and Stanley Clark and the lips of Maynard Ferguson. 602-508-0960. We talked a little bit about the uh, convoy of truckers that uh, took place in Canada and uh, saluted, obviously, that there has been movement towards one in the United States here. Would you be surprised if I told you that Facebook shut down the rapidly growing Facebook page convoy to D.C. 2022 just Tuesday night after the group amassed how many followers? How many followers? 139,000. used to be a justification for corporate behavior was, well, they just want to make money. Corporations just want to make money. I don't think they care about that anymore. I just don't think they care. CNN doesn't care about it. MSNBC doesn't care about it. 
And I don't think Facebook, and for that matter, I don't think Twitter, care about it anymore. Let's see. From Pajamas Media, there is perhaps no better representative of America's spirit than the rebels of the road, American truckers. So it makes perfect sense that they would be at the forefront of organizing an anti-vaccine mandate caravan that will start in California next month and roll into Washington, D.C., a few weeks later. Let me pause on that story just a moment because that phrase, rebels of the road, I read it directly from the PJ Media story. I'm not sure it's entirely accurate. There are few examples I can think of, few institutions, few um, employees, fewer workers who work on the road that care more about following the rules of safety and road safety. So calling them rebels of the road, I kind of get if the idea is political rebel. But when I quote PJ Media to say rebels of the road, know that I'm not or please understand that I am not in any sense trying to make the point as I don't think PJ Media was trying to make the point that these are people who are rebels about or while on the road. They're actually the eyes and ears of dangerous things happening on the road, of not following the rules of the road. There is no profession I know of that holds the safety of road travel more high, more sanctified than our truckers. Just a side point. But PJ Media continues, although Joe Biden's national mandate was defeated in the Supreme Court, many individual companies are still demanding employees get vaccinated. In addition, both the U.S. and Canadian governments currently require truckers to be vaccinated in order to traverse our common border. The goal of the rolling protest will simply be to make being injected with a vaccine an individual choice mandated by no one. This is the essence of what it means to be an American. Individuals making their own choices, using their own judgment about whether something is in their best interest or not without a buy your leave from the government or anyone else. Can I pause on that for a moment? Because when I said in my monologue that there is not going to be an accounting, there is not going to be a reflection, there is not going to be any kind of look back test, there is just going to be a jump or an effort to make us all jump onto the next lily lily pad in this crisis industrial complex edifice they have constructed in this country that uh, that interesting line is an is affecting what it is essential to mean to be an American. Here's how it happens. Here's how it will go. We're already beginning to see it bit by bit. I'm seeing it in buildings I frequent. I remember a year or so ago that elevators removed carpeting if they had carpeting and put mats like almost like placemats at your kitchen table put mats on where you should stand in the elevator and they would only put three or four down with a sign that said no more than four people per elevator and we all went along with that again an essential ritual of meaninglessness an exquisite ritual of essential meaninglessness why four and not three why four and not five Why two and not three? Why three and not two? And why do we need mats to stay? My point, 
the offices I've been to lately that used to have those took those mats up and put the carpeting back down without comment, without advisory, without note, as if it just never really happened. Is COVID over? Are the elevators now safe? This is how we go on. We just forget the immediate past so we live in an ever-present Is that a weight loss? Was that a weight loss project I missed? Sunflower seeds losing weight without eating sunflower seeds? I don't. I don't remember that one. Maybe someone can fill me in. It's okay. I like sunflower seeds. Rick's in Phoenix. Hello, Rick. Hello there, Seth, my geodesic friend. <laughs> I don't live in a dome. Do- but you are a rock star. Oh well, thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> That's why I use that descriptor. Well, then I'm failing. I'm failing what? because I want to be a country star. Oh, oh, okay. Yes, sir. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> thank you. So that wasn't you that said, I don't want to be a cowboy. No, that wasn't me. I, I, oh, I, want, was, I uh, want to be a cowboy. I, I love cowboys. I love truckers. Uh, what other industries pirate. do I love? It's hard, it's hard to find industries one loves anymore, isn't it? That's an interesting yeah. question, isn't it? Kids yeah, grew up be. wanting to be cowboys and police. We've taken that from them. We're lesser yeah. because of it. Yeah. For, for Well, in a sense, we have. I, I have a sneaking suspicion that there's still a whole lot of uh, uh, kids growing up that, that want to do that. In I hope so. Of, I hope in, so. Yeah, in spite of what's happened. Hey, also, Seth, I was going to tell you, I, I've been, I, I have a hankering for uh, some rice and lentils, and so <laughs> I wanted to yeah, see when yeah. would be a good night to drop by. Uh, the 12th of Never or February 31st. <laughs> Let's go with February 30th. Okay, brother. Or the 31st, one of those two nights. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay, now for some serious yes, stuff. Yes, sir. Uh, what I was calling about, it was a great monologue today, Thanks. really great. Uh, your enumeration of uh, all of those things that have been, uh, you know, missed totally, misrepresented, lied about, and everything else, I think that uh, needs to be repeated every third day. <laughs> Just remind everybody what a, a bunch of I don't know what you'd call them, but uh, yeah. Well, you know the line I keep coming back to. Uh, you're 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 better schooled in this than I am, Rick. Wasn't it about Joseph that they said, "Here comes the dreamer. Let us slay him. We'll see what becomes of him." We weren't dreamers. We were fact tellers, truth tellers, and they tried to slay us. Right. Yeah. That's right. I don't know if that's, that's an exactly inapt right. analogy, but it's the phrase I keep thinking about. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a that is a good analogy because. Uh, you know that's uh, there, the 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 Bible really is replete, uh, uh, like with Joseph and with many of the prophets. They told the truth and they got thrown down wells. They got beaten. They got you know. I mean, it was telling the truth was uh, has has uh, historically not been exactly a popular. Uh, uh, career move, right, so. right, right. People use the phrase. Uh, how do you pronounce it? Jeremiad about Jeremiah, right? They use the word oh. Jeremiad oh, as, yeah. okay. as as a pejorative, right? right. But it turns mm-hmm. out, huh? Eh, Jeremiah was right. Yeah, 
He was right. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So what I was calling about was I was uh, listening to part of uh, Gorka's show today, uh-huh. and he played an audio. Might have been a video, but I don't have video access. But but he played an audio of uh, somewhere uh, a. 747 uh, that was in charge of uh, CIA CIA agents uh, or operatives were in charge of it, and they were moving illegal aliens yes, right. around the country right. at 3 a.m. in the morning, right. and the police stopped them. Yep. And one of them actually admitted, you know, we don't want this to get out right. because it would be bad news for the the administration that's or right whatever. that's right i i've seen i've seen that video yes sir yes okay sir. and so what i was uh, connecting that with was uh, your monologue where you were talking about at any other time in any other circumstances uh this would have been like the biggest story this of would have the been year. the story of the year yeah we are yeah. inundated with things that should be the story of the year yeah absolutely brother and and so, and and it's not that they're getting some attention and our complaint isn't that they're not getting enough attention. It's that they're getting no attention. No attention. They're, it's being censored. It's being blacked out, blocked out. Yeah. And that stuff going on just is flat out scary. And it's kind of like I think you mentioned also the uh, the Supreme Court justices yeah. that were using inaccurate, incorrect figures and there was virtually nothing said about that. Yeah, yeah. I if Clarence, if Clarence Thomas thing. were were making an argument to an attorney, an oral argument before the Supreme Court, or questioning an attorney, uh, making an argument, an oral argument before the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. it, and was off by factors of tens of thousands. Yeah, yeah. Nina Totenberg would have had him in her gun sights, as would have everyone else. Yes. Absolutely. We live in in curious times. It, it's really astounding. The, the well, I, I think you I think you aptly named it. Uh, uh, the uh, we live in Orwellian times. Yeah, I mean it's Orwellian. It's um, it's it's. It, it, look, I'm using a word these days that for my entire professional life before predating even radio back when I was in think tank world and writing world and ghostwriting world and all that yeah. I always shrunk from the word tyranny I always shrunk oh, yeah. from using it because yeah. I, I I I thought it was um I thought it was it was just too strong of a word yeah. and I, and I don't like rhetorical I don't like syntactical saturation as you know I don't think you should wear down or water down or vitiate um, the poignancy the pregnancy the toxicity of the image you're trying to convey with your words I agree right and then yes. two things happened one is I stumbled upon an old speech of Ronald Reagan's from the 1960s to a group of women in New York City of all places talking about his fear of tyranny and how it could happen here, and then COVID, and then COVID. And you have to figure, well, what is the word that we're supposed to invoke here? We're now following a regimen of mandates that is analogous to what Kurt Vonnegut wrote about in Harrison Bergeron. 
right. we're talking about changing history and censoring science the way George Orwell wrote about in 1984. Yep. And we're putting people in panic and fear, which is the first mark of any tyrant trying to obtain power. And I just don't know what word we should better use. Right, right. Well, keep up the good work, Thanks. brother. You are doing a terrific job, and I appreciate and love you. And uh, I'll look forward to the rest of the show. Thank you, too, Rick. I appreciate it. I think maybe it's a hit on rock musicians. I think country musicians live better lives than rock musicians. Anyone can countermand me on that if they want to. I'm Seth, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. You know, the Olympics begin tomorrow, right, in China. And... Uh, do you do you know? I, I'm just looking at this uh, the logo. Do do you do you know what they are called, commonly known as, and what the official logo for this Winter Olympics is? Beijing 2022. Beijing 2022. Look it up. Look up the logo. It's about China. It's about restoring China's image. That's why China wants it. That's why China hosts it. This is why authoritarians love hosting the Olympics. It's also why we should have nothing to do with them. Nothing. You go to the Olympic Charter and uh, you find that in Chapter 1, it says the mission of the IOC, International Olympics Committee, is to promote Olympism throughout the world to lead the Olympic movement. What's Olympism? Well, you go through the rest of the charter and you find they defined it. You, you find they define it. Olympism is a philosophy of life, exalting and combining in a balanced whole the qualities of body, will, and mind, blending sport with culture and education. Olympism seeks to create a way of life based on the joy of effort, the edu educational value of good example, social responsibility, and respect for universal fundamental ethical principles. That's Olympism, respect for universal, fundamental, ethical principles. Let me give you Freedom House's opening statement on China in 2021. They haven't done 2022 yet. China's authoritarian regime has become increasingly repressive in recent years. The ruling Chinese Communist Party is tightening its control over the state bureaucracy, the media, online speech, religious groups, universities, businesses, and civil society associations, and it, and it has undermined its own already modest rule of law reforms. The CCP leader and state president, Xi Jinping, has consolidated personal power to a degree not seen in China for decades the country's human rights movements continue to seek avenues for protecting basic liberties despite torture and crackdown. We haven't even gotten to the particular case of what's being done to the millions of Uyghurs. Concentration camps and slavery is what's being done to them. So what does your Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, tell Olympic athletes just today? Quote, you're there to compete. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government. I know there is a temptation on the part of some to speak out while they are there. I respect that, 
but I also worry about what the Chinese government might do to their reputations and to their families, close quote. Silence no more means death. Nancy Pelosi is saying, be silent. We just had Martin Luther King's birthday. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. You can follow Pelosi in China or Martin Luther King in America. These athletes should not be going to China.